Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Praise God. We'll be seated for just a moment. Praise God. I've got Pastor Randy Ayers. I kind of kept him on deck. We didn't know how long Pastor Sam was going to be able to stay here. <laughs> we, we kept him as long as we could. I didn't know, he, I didn't know if he's going to turn around when he landed and just go right back to Shreveport. He's, he loves those babies and loves his children, and rightfully so. And so I kind of told Randy, be, be ready. You may have to do Sunday night or Monday night. But praise the Lord, Pastor Sam was able to be here. But I still wanted Pastor Randy to come and exhort us. So before I come and teach today, I want Pastor Randy Ayers, and if he wants to minister with Linda or whatever they want to do, Come take a few minute, moments, Randy, and just come bless the people. Amen. Give him a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'll take a, I'll take a few minutes and, and kind of put what's on my heart and what God spoke to my heart because Rusty talked to me several, several weeks ago, and, and uh, I just wanted to uh, kind of uh, uh, exhort you a, a few minutes in a, in a story in the Bible and, uh, you know, I, I've read it, you've heard it many, 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 many times. And first of all, I thank God my wife for uh, nearly 43 years we, is here, praise God. And, and uh, dear friends, Lloyd and Cheryl Lane, I'm glad he stayed so I could teach him something. And, and, uh, but anyway, you know, uh, <laughs> he said, well, I'm gonna, he, I said, he, he didn't go home this morning for the service. He said, I'm going to stay and defend myself. I said, it's better when you're not here. I can work on you a little harder. Praise God, but he's a dear friend of ours. We love him dearly. He uh, uh, lives 28 miles down the road from us, and we appreciate him. Pastor Rusty, we've been knowing him since 1985, and, and I think he was, a, uh, I think, one of the first ministers we had in our church, and I think we was like the first church that he actually held a four-day revival and never met before he walked in the doors of our church, and it was just based on Elfie Ward saying, you need to have this young man in your church he said pray about it back then if somebody told me i needed somebody i'm hey come on didn't matter and there's a few times i wished i had another and so uh but anyway let me just uh, talk a few minutes about it but you know the uh all these testimonies you hear uh, uh danny johnston and i thought i was bad until i hear his testimony i thought no nah, i was pretty good i was real good praise god i was a saint and uh and then you hear the different situations that people are going through. And, and uh, you know, we, we, the, the thing about it is we all face situations in our life. You know, I kind of I look at it like this. We may not get to choose our battles, but we do get to choose the outcome. And I'm telling a lot of people choose the wrong outcome for their battles. And so, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Sam preaching on the one with the issue of blood. I've preached that so many times. I've heard it preached so many times, but I have never heard it preached like that. Never in my life. And I thought, I told him, I said, well, I can go preach it a different way now. And uh, they say, well, you heard it. But I'm going to preach one you've heard or minister uh, on one just a little bit and give it, kind of show you some things that the Lord showed me that, that will keep us in the victory. And uh, I think we need to be on the victory side of life. How about you? I, I'm not one of these that believe we're supposed to be defeated one day and uh, up one day and down the other, even though sometimes it feels like, you know, we have some bad days. Uh, but you need to turn those bad days into good days. You know, you're, you, we're, the, we're, the, we're the ones who choose the outcome of our day. We get to choose that. And uh, many people just don't choose the right outcome for it. And, uh, but anyway, can, can, if, if I gave a little testimony, it wouldn't cut into my, my time. Just a second. And, uh, but, 
we had a lady that was a, a, a diagnosed in, in January with stage four cancer of the colon and the liver. And uh, she, uh, you know, when she, she got diagnosed with it, she, was, she goes to our church. And, and uh, a young lady, she's like 50 in her 50s, which to us now, that's young. You, used to be old at one time, now it's young. And uh, so, in uh, anyway, she got diagnosed. Well, she went and, you know, she went through the surgery. They did a surgery on her, did all such as that. She's been doing, taking chemo and such as that. But she told me this, because what I did was I, I, I promote the, these ministers that are here. I, I push, I promote them in our church because I'm so, you know, I, I know what they do in my life. And I know if they do this for my life, they'll do that for my congregation if they'll tap into them. And I've had met Pastor Marks come preach for me. Rusty's been preaching in our church for 30-something years, nearly every single year. And, uh, and I told him about the podcast, get on the podcast, listen to these preaching, because I said, it's amazing how these things work. I, you know, I just found this out recently. This is how ignorant I am of what goes on on the phone. And I uh, only found it out because I bought a truck and didn't have a CD player, and I thought they messed up on my truck. I'm going to have to go back and say, y'all forgot there's something missing in my truck. I listen to CDs. I got under the CD. That's how crazy I am. I was like, did y'all forgot one option in here I needed? And uh, so I found out you can put a Bluetooth on your phone and put these podcasts up. And so I started talking about Rusty and, and Pastor Mark and Pastor Sam and, and different Lloyd and, and, uh, and all these things like that. And, uh, but anyway, she told me, she said, I plugged into Rusty's iPod, and he was preaching on worship, preaching on worship. And I've, I've heard it, too, because y'all have, too, if you go to church here. And I started listening to those uh, on worship, you know. Worship's just not a slow song. It's just not a song. It's worshiping God. And she said she literally, God, started dealing with her about worship. And she said, I would literally, I got to the place where she said, listen, she, she, we saw her a transition in her life. Just this takes place. Sometimes you see people start going down. She started going up. You know, when you get a bad report like this, some people, they, they get in the mully grubs, and, and all they can do is talk defeat. Not her. In fact, she, we went to the hospital before she had surgery, and we laid hands on her and prayed. She still looked at me. She said, I will not. She had one tear over cancer, not one tear over cancer. And anyway, she got up and testified Wednesday last Wednesday or Wednesday before last. And she said, I got to the place where I'll be driving down the road with my knee like that. And she said, I'd go out in my barn, and I'd just worship God. And she said, my, my dogs would bow <laughs> as I started doing it. Well, Wednesday, she came and told us. She said, she said I am now cancer-free, cancer-free, cancer-free. And she said, but what did more in this whole situation is what God did in me, what God did in me. Praise God. I want to talk from a story, and it's, uh, uh, it's about David and Goliath. And, uh, you know, I love this story, and, and, and I was, when, I, when Re Rusty told me he wanted me to share some, and, and uh, God immediately went to here, and I tried everywhere in the world to get something else, and it, I couldn't get it. And I want to start with verse 4. It says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubics in a span. That's around ten foot tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, and it had a bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bearer went before him. And that spearhead, I, I'm amazed at the spearhead. It's between 20, uh, 15 and 25 pounds. Y'all don't know where I'm, y'all don't know that story? 
1 Samuel 17. I'm sorry. I do that church all the time, too. I just try to pull them in the spirit and get them with me, but sometimes I have to get it. But here's the thing, thing about it. it. I was thinking about it. It's amazing how so many problems in our, our lives are so magnified. And they're explaining the size of Goliath. They're explain, explaining the awesomeness of him. The Bible called him in this a champion. God didn't call him a champion because he wasn't God's champion. And, but they describe how big and awesome. Have you ever went to a situation they try to always make, always try to make it sound worse than it? Actually, it could probably be uh, bad, but I tell you what, they always pull out the worst parts of it. It always tries to make you look at it basically like this, like it's unconquerable and impossible unconquerable and impossible. And when you looked at that, listen, if you invited Goliath to your house, you'd probably have to make your door bigger. He couldn't fit in. He's a big man. And he was a problem. See, there's a lot of big problems in people's life. But some people just got to realize there's somebody got down, down on the inside of them that's greater than anything that's in the world and anything comes your way. We hear about problems. We faced our, we've been through our situations. We've been through brain tumor. We, I've dealt with things. We've all dealt with things. But I tell you, you got to deal with some things. You got to deal with it. But anyway, it goes on to say, let's not talk about Goliath. We don't want to talk about him too much. It, it goes on to say, then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? I'm not a, am I not a Philistine? You the servants of Saul. Choose a man for yourselves and let him come out down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Then Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Isn't it amazing how words have such an impact on our lives? I'm telling you, words will either make you, uh, I look at it like this. Words will either cause you to, to press forward or run backwards. One way or the other, amen? But, but when it's coming from something like that, you know, I, I know we look at this, and, and uh, my wife says this all the time, your, your sickness will speak to you. It will have a loud voice, and you got you to figure out how to talk back. I say, you got to talk back. It says this, uh, where was I? 12? It says, now David was the son of the Ephrathite, whatever that is, of Bethlehem of Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. I'm reading pretty fast because I'm trying to get done. Then the three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to battle. The names of the three oldest sons were uh, Eliab, the firstborn, next to him Abinadad, and third Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned to Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near and presented for himself 40 days and 40 nights. Kind of sounded what the situation Jesus had with the devil, wasn't it? 40 days, 40 nights. And uh, I always, I always, anytime I read this story, I always, I always point the devil, uh, Goliath like the devil, as the devil. And it said, and Jesse said to the son of, uh, to David, take now your, to your brothers and ephah the dried grain and to his ten cheeses and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of, their hut, of the thousand and see how your brothers fare. Bring back news of them. Now Saul and they all, the men of Israel, were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Now, the one thing I want you to see in this right here, David was about his father's business. He was sent by his father. 
He went to that battle only because his father told him to go to that battle. He wouldn't have been there. He'd have still been tending sheep if God hadn't or his father hadn't have told him. Well, you know, when we're about our father's business, there's things we come across that we may not be expecting in life. In fact, we never expect the bad things or situations in our lives. And I'm telling you, when you're about your father in the will of God, I think we need to uh, maintain the will of God in our lives. My goodness, I see so many people out of the will of God now. You think, why? My goodness, you've been saved forever. What's wrong with you? Huh? I mean, people in church for 30 and 40 years getting out of church, leaving, leaving where God put them and, and doing all stuff. You say, what in the world's going on? My goodness gracious. Stay about the Father's business. Then as he talked with them, this talking, as David talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. What was he saying? Give me a man. Give me a man. I want to I'm ready to fight. I just want somebody to fight with. You know, there's, there's people like that in the body of Christ. Anyway, let's go from there. And notice what it said. It said, uh, uh, I'm trying to figure out where I was. So David heard them, and listen, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, listen to this, have you seen this man who has come up? Have you seen this man who has come up? You know, they're talking to David. Have you seen this man has come up? In other words, we want to pull your attention on this problem. We want you to see how big it is, how bad it is, how unconquerable it is, and how impossible it is to conquer this situation. You know, it's amazing how that happens when we're just going a long life. All of a sudden, something comes up, and all of a sudden, everything's trying to pull our attention on that problem. I'm telling you, you say, how do you know? Listen to people talk, and many people will spend more time talking about their problem than they do their answer. Somebody help me. I'm telling you, we got to talk. We got to talk some solutions. But anyway, listen to this. So the men said, "Have you seen this man who has come up?" In other words, they're they're not impressing David right now. Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Now I want you to know something right there. That right there caught David's attention. Huh? Did it? Listen, I look at it like this, Roland. You offer a teenage boy money and a woman, you just get something out of that kid. Huh? I'm telling you. Listen, what, what was presented to him was a promise. A promise was presented to David. Now, David locked on money, a woman, and exemption of taxes, my whole house. Woo. He ain't that big. He ain't that bad. Yeah, that's right. Now, listen to what David said. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what? Can you imagine this little kid sitting up there, what? Man, when they said money and, and the daughter of Saul, what? Can you just see that? What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine, takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this? Man, that's why we need to look at every situation that comes our way. What is this? Who is this? Who do they think they are? Who does it think it is? People diagnosed with cancer. Well, who does it think it is coming into the temple of the Holy Ghost? This is the body of Christ right here. Glory to God. 
It says, and the people, listen, and the people told him the same thing again. Told him what he said, you, you, uh, the, the, the promise. And he goes on, Eliab, now listen to this. Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? What I, have, if, you've got any, if you've got brothers and sisters, I'm telling you what, there's always seems to be some kind of quarreling going on. I'm only me and my younger brother, we was to fight and stuff as like that. But I've, when I look at this right here and I look at David, because notice what it said, his older brother, he just started ragging him. He started working on him. Who do you think you are coming down here to leave those few sheep and, and, and the wilderness and such as that? And I'm telling you something, and this is one of the areas that I, I saw that, that is so detrimental to so many's victory in their lives because I'm telling you something. He, he was wanting division. He was wanting to fight. He was wanting to get in a quarrel. You know what I'm saying? And so he said, uh, uh, notice what he said, and David said, but notice what he said. If, first of all, if I'd have been David, and David been a teenage boy, he had said, he had probably thought, what battle? Looks like you're training for the Olympics. All you're doing is running back and forth. Huh? If I paid for that movie, I lost money. But what impressed me about David was this. Then he turned from him. Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing, and these people answered him as the first. What did he say? He turned from uh, uh, the, the division side of this thing and turned back to the promise. He stayed with the promise. I said he stayed with the promise. He stayed focused on what was going to be given to the man who slew this enemy and slew this giant. He stayed focused on that, honey. You're going to have to learn. We're going to have to learn because I'm telling you, as long as there's people, there's problems. As long as there's people, there's going to be strife and division. But we don't need any of them that are, are bringing that into it. Huh? I'm telling you, I've had plenty of opportunities as a pastor to get involved in strife and division. Now, if you're a pastor, you know what I'm talking about. Some things tick you off. Huh? Have you ever been in the pulpit? I'm not asking these pastors. Have you ever been in the pulpit? Y'all may not because y'all probably more spiritual than I am. But I'm telling you, I've been in the pulpit before and got ticked. I went from the, I went from the anointing to the flesh. Sometimes I get and go from the flesh to the anointing, but I have went from the anointing to the flesh. Huh? Come on now, I, 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 I'm preaching to me right now. I'm, you got to turn from some things. Listen, I've, 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 I've sat in church before and, and uh, had a, and when you talk about his brother, we're all brothers and sisters in the Lord, right? So I don't look at it just like his natural brother. I'm talking about brothers and sisters in Christ, in churches. I'm, I've, I've been preaching before, and I, I've had them just shake their head no at me. Man, that flies all over a country, boy. I'm telling you that right now. That makes me mad. Y'all know what I'm saying? A guy like David, he could have said, I'm just going to shove this bony sandwich down your throat, brother. I tell you what, I brought you a sack lunch, and I'm just going to help you eat it. Huh? I bet he was thinking that. Listen, if you think for a minute David was afraid of Eliab, you are beside yourself. He would, I mean, in fact, David would have took them all three on. Huh? 
But he knew this. I believe David was a man after God's own heart. He had a spirit of faith. In fact, Paul likens us to him as having the same spirit of faith. And I'm telling you, he knew that there's a battle going on. There's people dying on the field. There's a reason I'm here. I can't get involved in all this mess, this riffraff here and there. I'm going to pursue and stay with the plan. See, the devil wants to get you off your path of victory and into all the affairs going on when you need to stay your course. People do it today when somebody's mouthing off to them, they just go. David might have did that. Can I, a real quick, a, a testimony. My little grandson, he's about 14. You know Riley, 14 years old. He's fixing to turn 14. He's been bullied at school, and I'm telling you, the bully is like a Goliath, David and Goliath, and uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big kid. I know him, and he was dear friends with him for a while, and then you know how people turn on you, and same thing in school, and so uh, he was going to school one day, and his mom was going through his confessions, going through confessions. They were quoting, uh, greater is he that send me the heathen in the world of God before. I mean, going through all these questions. They do it every morning, and when he got to school that particular day, that particular day, Hallelujah. There's, there's got to be a, a day that you rise up and say, no more devil, no more devil, no more devil. There's got to be a day that you rise up, stand up on your hind legs, and say, I'm the victor here. I'm in control here in the name of Jesus by the power of God. They come over to his lunch table that day and walked over there and was going to taunt him a little bit. And he looked at him and said, don't you come to our table talking like that. This guy stands taller than me, eighth grade. And Riley stands about here. And he said, don't you come talking like that over here at this table. And he started running his mouth. My grandson stood up, pointed at him, said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. He said, he started going, oh, Riley, oh, Riley, oh, Riley. It's all right, it's cool. And then another one of them started mouthing. He said, hold on, you know better than that. You're a Christian. You know better than to act like that. When they walked off, they said, we cool. <laughs> I asked him that day, you been having no more problems? He said, no. I ain't been having no more problems like Rusty when he walked that guy upside the head and, and, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and uh, <laughs> no, it was, it, it was a while back. It was a, y'all wrote it. No, y'all heard his testimony. But, I mean, you know, you, you, can, you can get involved in some things that's nothing going to do but zap your victory. You can, now, the, when the words of David was spoken, uh, we heard that they reported them Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let not a man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Saul said to David, listen, you know what I saw in here, Roland? All the negative things that was coming against David. Saul, the man who he respected and looked up to, said, you're not able to do it. You're not able to do it. Anybody ever looked at, have somebody that you think they're going to encourage the next time they come? See, you can't do that. You can't do that. I wonder how many people's on the sidelines right now because somebody told them they couldn't do it. Just because they told them they couldn't do it. And they didn't just go out and say, well, no, God told me. If God uh, tells me to do something, he's going to enable me and empower me to do it. Huh? I'm a, I'm a testimony to that. Rusty's a testimony to that. I mean, I'd have never dreamed Rusty would be pastor in the church when he was traveling, coming to our church. But I'm glad he is. I'm glad he is. 
He said, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for your youth, and he a man of war from his youth. You know what they had? They had a mentality of he's unconquerable, and it's impossible to defeat him. But David said to Saul, listen to this. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of his flock, I went out after it, and I struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. You think he was scared of Eliab? You think he's going to be scared of uh, Goliath? Huh? Some things people say, well, you know, this is kind of a big deal. Well, you know, everything's a big deal. If I stump my toe, it's a big deal to me. Huh? Anybody stumps your toe, it comes from a pretty big deal. Why, it affects your whole body. Your head will start screaming. Notice what David told him. He said, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver. Listen, everybody say this with me. He will. David didn't say, he, he, you know, God might do this. He said, he will. Everybody shout, he will again. He said, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Not maybe, not if. I will be delivered. I'm on the road to victory. Jesus Stacy started to sing a, a song on the victory side. David said, I'm on the victory side of life. I didn't come here to get defeated. I, in fact, I didn't come here to get involved in this battle, but praise God, somebody's got to do something about this situation. Huh? But he wasn't afraid of it because the one thing about David was he had a heart for God and he knew God. And he stayed connected to God. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. It's amazing how some people want to clothe you with, 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 with certain things in your life. Huh? I remember somebody asking me when I went into ministry, say, they, they said, uh, they were just getting cocky with me, uh, ugly to me, basically. And I was young, and I almost submitted to it. Well, are you mama called? Are you grandmama called? Are you God called? Well, almost some, well, 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 my mama didn't serve God and go to church or nothing like that, so I must not be mama called. Huh? I mean, it is amazing how the devil tries to put a thought in your mind to get you to question what you're doing and who you are. He tried that with Jesus, if you're the son of God. To try to get him to question who he is. I, I guarantee you that nearly every pastor, if they're like me, they have went through, well, maybe I'm done here. I went through that, what, a couple of days ago? No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. That it, it's, it's been a couple of months. I'm telling you, 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 get, you get, you know, as pastors, as me as a pastor, I, I was pastor of a small town. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we went through a, a situation where uh, all of a sudden there's, there's, there's people leaving our church that's been with us 20 and 30 years, ever since we started. And we're thinking, what the heck is going on? So I told my wife, maybe I'm done here. Anybody ever been done? 
I've been done a lot of times in 30-something years. Maybe I'm done here. But see, if I'd have kept listening to that voice that was speaking that to me, I probably wouldn't be standing up here. But I had to learn to cast that down. I mean, what if David would have said, well, the, the, the king of Israel said, I'm not able to do it. But what, what, what we need to realize is, as far as God saw, David was the king. He'd done the anointing. And I think that was, that's what, that was a problem with Eliab. He was in, in that house when God sent Samuel to go anoint a new king, and he was the first one in line strutting up in there saying, here I is. But here's the thing. Samuel was probably talking out loud when he said, surely the anointed of the Lord is before me. Eliab probably said, we don't know exactly what he was doing. But then God said, no, 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 you're looking at the wrong part of that man. I'm looking at the heart of a man. I'm not looking at his exterior. And I guarantee you when Samuel said, uh, uh, not you, he didn't forget that when David come up to that battle. See, there's some people refuse to forget. And it dogs them for the rest of their life. And, and it, it wrecks havoc on their blessings in their life. Man, you got to put some things behind you. I don't care. You said, well, I'm, 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 a, I'm a man or I'm a, a woman. I'm a, listen, humility is what causes the hand of God to come in our life. The Bible says God uh, resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So David took them off, and God spoke to me this, in, and I'm about to wrap this thing up. God spoke to me a long time ago when, David, when Saul tried to put all his armor upon David, just a teenage boy, he's just a young kid, and trying to walk. He couldn't walk, so he took it off. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Randy, you cannot live, listen to this and get it right, you cannot live on another man's revelation. You can learn from it and make it yours. But we've, we've got to have that revelation ourselves. We've got to have a revelation of the power of God, the, the healing power of God, and, and the provision side of God and all that. We've got to have a revelation. David locked into the promises of God no matter what anybody said, no matter what anybody told him, no matter what anybody tried to put on him, he was still convinced the promise was his. So he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and, and put, a, put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And I'll tell you, we've heard all kinds of things about why he chose five smooth stones. I just like Rusty's. And Rusty's was this, because he knew if he missed one, he would have four more. There's not one person that goes duck hunting. I know I've been with Rusty, and we've shot up some boxes of shells. How many? What's the limit, Rusty? It's about six ducks, something like that. They, one duck hunter will take six shells to the duck blind. Not one. You say, how come? You ain't going to hit them all. You say, well, you're kind of, are you saying he was a bad shot? No, I'm not saying he's a bad shot. I'm just saying his trust wasn't in that. His trust wasn't in it. Even when I go deer hunting. Mark, I take a clip, two clips, and a box of shells in it, and an automatic rifle. 
I'm going to get him one way or the other. If I have to throw shells at him, I got him. So David wasn't no dummy. He grabbed five smooth stones out of the, out of the rock, regardless if, 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 if Goliath had uh, uh, four brothers or not. So the Philistine gang came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went for him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only, uh, he was only a youth and ruddy and good-looking. I often wonder, would it make a difference if he was ugly? I, I, heard, I heard this the other day. I, it, it was a, about a, a guy out duck hunting, and he was out duck hunting, and and uh, he was out there duck hunting, and, and the game warden come up. He had his uh, uh, limited ducks, and the game warden said, uh, yeah, what you doing while I'm duck hunting? He said, uh, 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 where's your gun? I want to see your shells. You know, they want to see if you're shooting steel or lead or something like that. He said, I don't use a gun. He said, what do you mean you don't use a gun? He said, I, uh, I ugly them down. He said, what do you mean you ugly them down? He says, well, when they come over, I just jump up. I don't know what he was doing. I look ugly. And he said, they just come falling down. He, the game board said, I don't believe that. He said, show it to me. He said, I can't show it to you. I got my limit. He said, don't worry about the limit. So he got in there. Sure enough, some ducks come by. He jumped up, and he made that. And ducks started falling. He said, that game board said, I, I, I don't believe that. I can't, I can't believe that happens. He said, you said your whole family does that? My whole family does it. My mama, my daddy, my grandmother, my brother, my sister, they all do it. He said, do it again. Let's just see if they're quenched. He did it again. He jumped the ducks. He ugly. And all of a sudden, they fell down. And he said, oh, my God. He said, so you say everybody, yeah, my mama, my daddy, my grandmother. Oh, but we had to quit bringing my grandmother. She started tearing them up too bad. <laughs> y'all, some of y'all get that later. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And, da and the Philistine said to David, come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And, you know, I want to, where, where is that? I want to uh, uh, go over here. If you're, if you're a country person, you will like the message Bible on this. It says in verse 43 in the message, it said, Philistine ridiculed David. Now, my dog, that you come after me with a stick and, with a, and cursed him by his God. Come on, said the Philistines. I'll make you roadkill. I know something about some roadkill. I see roadkill every time I go to town. You know what roadkill is? Dead on the road. He said, I'll make you roadkill. Uh, I'll make roadkill of you for the buzzards, and I'll turn you into tasty morsels for the field mice. Wouldn't you be feel warm and fuzzy all over knowing you're fixing to be a, a, a meal for a mouse? Oh, but listen to this. Listen to this. I always say this. Never let the devil control the conversation. Never let the devil control the conversation. There's got to come a time that you shut him up. So it goes on to say, and uh, uh, then, Dave, then David said, everybody say out, David said. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord, listen to what he said. Goliath said, here's what I'm going to do to you. And David said, no, you can't do that to me because here's what I'm going to do to you. He said, I, uh, uh, the, this day the Lord will deliver you. In the, this day, everybody shout, this day. 
this day the Lord will deliver you into, you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. Glory to God. Uh, listen, uh, David basically said, I'm going to feed you to the coyotes. Feed you to the dogs, boy. Then all this assembly shall know that there's a God who does not say with sword and spirit, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it you into our hands. So it was when the Philistines arose and came drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that it sank uh, into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, Goliath's sword, and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. You know, I often, you know, we talk about the rock that he threw. And I believe the rock that killed Goliath was the rock of revelation that David had of who his God was. You say, how do you know? Because he didn't say, I come to you with a sling and a stone. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. He said, my faith is not in this, this, this slingshot. I'm good at it, but my faith's not in it. My faith in the name of the Lord, because who did he give credit for defeating the lion and the bear? The Lord. He didn't say my strength. You have to be careful when you start thinking you did it. And you can do it without him because we can't do nothing without him, he said. But what we got to do is we got to keep ourselves on the victory path because there's so many things to try to pull us out. Strife and division will try to pull you away. Uh, all kinds of things will try to pull you. And if you'll read that story and just look at it, you'll say, look at all the things that tried to pull David from his victory. But David stayed locked on the promises. Honey, if you're dealing with sickness and disease in your body, you need to lock on the promise that by stripes you're healed. You need to declare that, and it don't matter what anybody says around you. You stay locked onto that promise. You stay locked onto it. If somebody says something over there, turn back to the promise. Turn back to the word. That's what he did every time, wasn't it? Turn back. Three different times they told him what the promise was because he kept turning from strife. He turned from, from them uh, talking about how bad he is. If you'll look at this, he kept turning to the promise we turn to the word we turn to the word and then david cut the giant's head off what happened then that giant talked to him no more i said he didn't talk to him no more i'm telling some of you in here are battling with your mind and you're letting the devil control the conversation you're gonna have to take authority and you're gonna have to take control of the conversation you hearing me you have to do it because if you don't you're gonna get off the victory road because he's going to pull you away from the promise. That's what he's trying to do. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. He's a good God. Well, I'm going to shut up. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of 
our faith.